Welcome back to the West Coast Mix and Bounce. I'm your co-host, Leslie Torres, along with... And I'm Bronna Marks. Yep, and today on our show, we're going to go full All-Star Weekend, talking about every Pacific Division team that per- had participating players in the events. So you'll want to stick around for that. And then in the second half, we'll kind of talk about the Lakers, Clippers, and Kings, what they can do after this All-Star break in order to have, you know, or in order to make the playoffs. Have you been searching for the best ticket deals around? Well, look no further. With TixFlix, the price you see is the price you pay. And TixFlix just happens to have over $6 billion in ticket inventory just waiting for you. They absolutely mean it when they say every ticket, every venue, everywhere. And you can save even more with promo code PULSE in all caps to save you 5% off your total purchase. Just go to TixFlix.com and click the search bar. Search events based on your geographic location. Pick the show you want and BAM! It's showtime. Sporting events, Broadway shows, concerts and more with TixFlix.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for the email newsletter so you can stay up to date on the latest news and savings with TixFlix. That's TixFlix.com. T-I-X-D-L-I-T-Z.com. Every ticket, every venue, everywhere. So let's just dive straight in with All-Star Weekend. Um, Starting with Friday was the Rising Stars game. And teams like the Lakers, Clippers, Kings, and Suns, they all had um, young players playing the game. For the Lakers, they had Kyle Kuzma and Lonzo Ball. Ball was out due to injury. Um, The Clippers had Shea Gillis-Alexander, who we've talked about on the show. And then the Kings had Bogdan Bogdanovich, Marvin Bagley III, and De'Aaron Fox. And the Suns had DeAndre Aiden. And so all those players played in the Rising Stars game. So first thoughts, Brana, who did you like? Who do you think showed most, most potential? Given that, you know, it is All-Star Weekend and it's just like a free exhibition game. So no one really takes it seriously. What did you like? What didn't you like? <laughs> Yeah, I think it's actually really great that so many of these young players are on the in the Pacific Division and they got to show their talents. I think everybody kind of um, had a a time to shine, so to speak, especially uh, young players like Kuzma and Shy and you know uh, Marvin Bagley and DeAndre and you know the young players really got that chance to be like, this is what I can do, you know, if I'm put in this kind of position. And I think Kuzma, you know, we already know what he can do. And he kind of just, you know, went out and was like, well, I can do even more than y'all, y'all think. I mean, he had the MVP, he had a game high 35 points. Uh, He really went off. And then you had ball was out, which was, it was kind of disappointing because, you know, as a as a Lakers fan, you want to see those two together at, during the All-Star weekend. But, um, yeah, I think Kuzma's performance overall was definitely the best to watch. Yeah, uh, he really did show out. You're right. Yeah, I think he was just in the game and he was ready to go. And he was like, I'm just going to play this like any other game and I'm just going to go as hard as I can. So and he, he's he's making a name for himself. So the fact that he put on that kind of game during All-Star Weekend only makes me believe that he'll definitely be on the All-Star team one day. Yeah, 
Kuzma kind of drives off of that being um, not known, being not taken seriously. So as he said, like when he got picked by the Lakers, you know, I think he was draft pick number 27 or something. He, he wants to prove to people that, you know what, I should have been number one. And same for this game. You put me with all these young, young stars and who most some of them were like picked before me, you know, according to their own um, draft year. And so I'm here to show out and say, like, you know what? I should have been a number one pick. I'm better than all these that were drafted before me, like, with their own age. So yeah. I feel like he really did show out. He wanted to prove something. So you can tell. And you can also tell that he was having fun, you know, yeah. shooting. It, it looks so easy. And I feel like maybe going back with when he starts to play with the Lakers, he needs to kind of find the fun again so he can continue that momentum that we kind of saw in the Rising Stars game. Again, he's playing along with a lot of great players, so it makes it kind of easier. But I, I was honestly also impressed by Kuzma. Um, I was also impressed by Shai Gilligas-Alexander. The Clippers have such a good kind of young player with him. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much longer they're going to be together, but I definitely feel his spotlight is growing within the NBA. Yeah, I think he definitely uh, set a tone there because with the Clippers, you know, he's kind of in the background. So obviously this gave him a chance to, again, show why he's on the Clippers, why he was, you know, picked high in the draft and why he deserves to be in the NBA, just point blank, period. Um, And it got people talking. He had 15 points in 20 minutes. I mean, that's that's a good production for <laughs> yeah. a game that he had to add to that. He had six assists and three steals. And um, another person who I forgot to mention is Darian Fox had 16 assists. He only had yes. two, but he had 16 assists, which is impeccable, honestly, that he had the ability to set up players for shots that many times that successfully sure yes i i kind of when i saw all those assists that you know as a lakers fan in me was like oh my god if only lonzo ball was you know on the team yeah <laughs> you know they could do shit out you know who's the better point guard you know but he wasn't so i can't you have to just believe the Aaron fox with the greatness that he is as 16 assists so he was not afraid to let other players take the offensive role you know instead of everybody up and that's the great thing I think about De'Aaron Fox he doesn't play usually with all these players and yet he's still kind of finding them and that's kind of hard to find with any player let alone a young player like himself so I can just see him if they put him in any different situation he's gonna execute and he's gonna find players so I thought that was kind of awesome but you know again it's also weekend exhibition game Imagine if he would have tried a little bit harder, how many assists he would have got. <laughs> exactly. Imagine if he had, like, you know, on the Kings, you know, obviously we're going to delve into playoffs uh, a little bit later. But just to give, like, a sneak peek, as as him being on the Kings, like, think about if he had, like, real shooters on the team. You mm-hmm. know, I think the Kings would be automatically a playoff push. You know, right now they're really they're sitting a little bit outside, but... If he had real shooters on the team, then they would definitely be in. 16 assists, that's that's crazy to me. I, I won't get over that. <laughs> yeah, I think it was, like, the third highest. So I'm pretty sure there was another more. <laughs> there was more than that. But, I mean, to, yeah. to be your first um, Rising Stars game and have 16 assists, I think it was his first. I'm not sure. Um, that's, that's a lot. 
And so right after the Rising Stars game, it was the skills challenge. And I mean, there's not really anything I can say but a score or, you know, I can just say that the winner was Jason Tatum. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What are your thoughts? What did you think? Shoot, like, by this Uh, point, are you interested in the skills challenge? Do you just not care? (laughs) I mean, the skills challenge, it's fun to watch. I I don't think, like, it it should be taken, like, super seriously. I think it really just highlights the players that you already know have skills. You know, you've seen, I believe Steph Curry was in the skills challenge challenge one year and now Jason Tatum and it, it, these usually younger um just a lot of energy on the, on the court kind of guys that you already see them do all of this you know yeah um so it's just kind of like it's zoned in and it's just like a extra I, I think it's just an extra little piece to the all-star weekend just as a whole to just kind of put the pressure on you know it's all about competition it's all about showing off really uh, and just having fun. So the fact that Jason Tatum won is not, uh, it's not shocking to me. I know Trey Young was also in there, but he's a, he's a little younger. He still has a little more to prove later on. Um, but Jason Tatum, he definitely obviously earned it. <laughs> yeah, no, Trey Young was great as well, you know, for whatever the skill challenge is worth. And he was ahead. And then that's when Tatum, like, you know, banks in a half court shot for the win. So, I mean, they're both, like you said, Young is a little bit younger, but they were both, you know, right there. And, and Tatum came from behind and just, like, beat him against it. I mean, it's fun. It's nice. And like you said, it's good to see what these players can do and how they take it as a competition. Okay. Well, I think that's enough skills challenge. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so soon after that was the three-point contest. Again, I don't think I need to, like, say who won well I do I do need to say who won Joe Harris from the Brooklyn Nets won and you know he beat out both Curry's brothers in their hometowns that was a shocker (laughs) yeah there was also Dirk Nowinski participating which kind of shocked me (laughs) and then um so what what did you like what didn't you like um, the three-point contest, you know, it's just the, those guys who are out there shooting threes. And Joe Harris, he was uh, 47% uh, from three-pointers in the league. He's he's ranked really high. He's ranked second. Um, I believe, I'm not mm-hmm. sure who he's, who he's ranked underneath. Uh, but the it just kind of shows what he has now. Am I surprised? Because I, first off, I haven't really been paying attention to East Coast basketball in a while. And I'm from (laughs) New York, which is weird. So I haven't really been taking a look at the Brooklyn Nets, but I definitely did not expect Joe Harris from the Brooklyn Nets to win the three-point contest. Uh, But I will definitely be keeping his name in the back of my mind now because (laughs) he made a statement. And and that's what's good about the All-Star Weekend. You know, sometimes you get these players that you're not really paying attention to because they're not on, like, huge teams and they're not being talked uh, uh, about a lot. But now he kind of has that that sticker on him. Like, he won the three-point contest over both Curry brothers. So, you know, whenever he gets a chance to maybe leave or get more money, that's that's going to be on his resume, on his resume. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I also I think what kind of impressed me was Dirk's participation. Um, you kind of forget how high of an arc his three point shot has. I was. Oh, yeah. I was just laughing. I thought I was going to hit the roof. 
so that was fun for me <laughs> he's incredible me. yeah but, yeah I agree with you um Harris was really good he put on a show kind of surprising because you would think like Stephen Curry would win or you know with Devin Booker who won last year mm-hmm. so and he actually got eliminated in the first round but you know that goes to show how important it is to be consistent especially in all your racks but okay Next event that was also on, no, this this event happened on Saturday, was the dunk, dunk, the dunk contest. contest. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I've heard so many, like, positive things. I've heard so many negative things, more negative than positive. What are your thoughts? Were you impressed? Have you seen better? And of I course, think, go ahead. I think the dunk contest changes every year. It changes with the generation you know, like the the older players that we've seen in the dunk contest, they go all out, they jump over cars, you know, it's, it's super dramatic. And sometimes they just keep it real clean and simple, you know, maybe just like a 360 from the free throw line. But these guys, you know, they're blowing out candles on the rim <laughs> and um, they're putting their, they're jumping over Shaq and they're putting their arm in, you know, at, it, it changes and you just kind of have to adjust and you kind of just have to catch whatever vibe that that group is really throwing down uh, for the certain for for the particular dunk contest at the particular All Star game. So the highlights that I saw, because I didn't get to watch it all the way through, but the highlights that I saw were impressive. I had to what what's more difficult is that they're so precise with whatever trick they're doing. It's like you really have to watch it over and over to be like, okay, that was a good dunk, but like. For me, initially, with some of these dunks, it's not like I'm super blown away. Like, I really have to look into it first and be like, oh, wow, that was kind of impressive. So I think that's what has changed a lot, too. Like, it's a little, there are smaller quirks and nicks to how impressive the dunks are instead of, like, just an explosive dunk, like, you know? Yes, I do know. I feel, (laughs) I understand you. I feel that so many dunks have been made already that you have it's almost impossible to come up with a new dunk just because you feel that it's all been done before. So um, the winner was Hamidou Diallo from OKC and his best dunk and the best dunk of the night for me was when he dunked over Shaq, you know, and then stuck his elbow in the rim. So that's, (laughs) that's nothing that we haven't seen before. We've all seen those dunks. We've seen them separately, maybe not together, but you know, compared to the other dunks, I felt that that was the most impressive one. For myself, personally, watching it TV, I think that there are too many attempts for dunks, and that kind of kills the vibe, because by the fourth attempt, you're just like, you already know what's going to happen, and it doesn't even really happen, so you're just like a little bit more disappointed. And though, Mm -hmm. you know, I acknowledge, I know, like, I'm not a basketball player, I would never, ever dunk in my life, so I... (laughs) (laughs) I understand, you know, it's like, it's not as easy as it looks. And one, two, three, four attempts is what it's needed. But for viewers and audience consumption, I think more than two attempts is too much. So maybe they might want to look into that. If you look at it, like you said, as a highlight, they just make, you know, everything looks pretty because you only see the first attempt. You're like, wow, it's great. But for me, that's what it was. How did you feel about the voting? Or did you get to that part? I didn't I actually did not catch the voting um this year, but explain I mean, to me what happened. 
<laughs> I got you. Well, it wasn't that it wasn't bad. It's just for me again personally. They gave judges were giving the scores. They have to give a score to a dunk as if they never saw attempt one, two, three, and four. If it gets attempted, if it if it's done. But to me, I'm more impressed if one if a player dunks in the first shot and you know the ball goes in the net, then. Yeah one two three four and then it gets in and then you get the same score i don't think it's fair i don't like it <laughs> you know so i think yeah. there should be some deductions of by number of attempts but again i'm not a basketball player i never will be i will never dunk that's just I, I my mean, opinion <laughs> but these guys are supposed to practice you know because they know they know what yeah. they're gonna do that's how they get up there and do that but if if you haven't practiced and then you just get in there and you're just like doing it for whatever it does take away from the excitement because you're like waiting and waiting and waiting and then by the time it happens you're like okay I'm not excited anymore <laughs> yeah yeah um, so I think it either kind of shows like they're either not practicing and they think they could just wing it the day of, or, you know, I don't know, that's just me being a pessimist, you know, they just don't want to practice, mm-hmm. or it could be just like, it's a really hard dunk, and they just, it's hard to do, but at the same time, you should be practicing dunks that are in your kind of capabilities, so we can all have yeah. a nice time watching you dunk, but yeah. that's just well, my opinion. Most of the all-star, like, dunk contests that I've watched, not many players like have these are previous obviously like I said every year it changes with these with each generation basically but um previous dunk contests that I've watched have been like it's either like one or two like attempts and then they get it it's not like and if I've seen anything past two I'm like not impressed anymore you know exactly exactly it takes away from it it just takes away Okay, but then after, so that ended all Saturday stuff. Then on Sunday was, you know, the anticipation of the All-Star game. Because we're all wanting to see Team LeBron versus Team Giannis. No, Team Tamper. (laughs) Team Tamper, remember? (laughs) Yes, yes. yes. I think that was the best joke all weekend. Yes, so what I thought, like, you know, usually you watch for the game just to see the stars. But what I was looking out for, and I caught myself doing this various times, was I caught myself like, who is LeBron James talking to? Who's Anthony Davis talking to? Who's Kevin Durant talking to? You know, all the free mm-hmm. agents that were in the team. And yep. I was thinking, like, what's happening? What's going on? Thinking that if, oh my God, they did one handshake, it's, it's you know, like 80 to Lakers, done deal, you know? Yeah. So I caught myself doing that various times. And I was like, you know, let's see, just because it's a handshake doesn't mean anything. So right. <laughs> what did you take about the game? Did you enjoy it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I said, uh, I didn't get to watch the whole weekend all the way through, but uh, catching what I did catch, definitely a fun game, definitely exciting, definitely more competitive, I think, than I've ever seen before. Usually the the All-Star game is just, it's like whatever, you know, like <laughs> they're just playing the play and they're just playing to have fun. But I really think it was competitive this time, especially since uh, Team LeBron rallied back and Kevin Durant had 31 points and now he has another MVP in his on his belt, like on to put on his shelf wherever he may put his trophies of MVP. Um, <laughs> but it, it's kind of like. I don't know. I, I felt like I had a different vibe. I had a, I had a different outcome than most games, especially I think because the players are now used to the drafting 
whole situation now instead of it just being East versus West. So it's kind of like, you know, they're playing against te- their own teammates and they're playing against, you know, former teammates or so it's a it's a little bit of it's a little bit more competitive. Or future teammates. <laughs> yeah, or exactly. <laughs> or future teammates. But it, it just adds that more like fun competitive than just like a hundred percent fun, if that makes sense. Yes, it does make sense. It kinda gets them a little bit it forces them to kinda be, take a little bit more seriously and for the rest of the world as well to watch because we want to see what happens. And, you know, we live for speculation, or at least I do. <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, I thought it was also very competitive towards the end of the first quarter. I was like, I don't think there's going to be a blowout. You know, I don't think they're going to come back. And then they came back from 20 points, which was crazy. And then I also, besides all the other stuff, you know, Dirk Nowitzki and Dwayne Wade, it was their last game as well. And so it was kind of fun to see them play at least one less time and just all hang out together. Like, you know, it was like the show. And then, (laughs) so yeah, but you're right. I feel that this year was a little bit more competitive, at least towards the end. I was actually kind of impressed with Kevin Durant because he had 31 points on 10 10 of 15 field goals and seven rebounds. So he Mm -hmm. was like, he was on target. He was correct. I was, there was the, like, you know, joke of West, Russell Westbrook, who was, like, horrible. He only, I think, made six shots out of, like, 23 or something like that. I don't have a stat with me, but it was, like, something like that. And oh, yeah. same goes for Curry. And I was just like, oh, you know, everybody was just banking threes, like, as much as they could. And the ones who are yeah. usually known for it, like Curry, wasn't making as much as he usually does. He was Granted, four of he 17. One over Clay. Yeah. Yeah, he was 4 of 17 for threes, and Team LeBron actually had the record for made threes with 35. They had 35 wow. threes made in that game. Yeah, when I read that, I was like, are you kidding me right now? I, <laughs> I, I, I can see it, yes, because that's all they were shooting. If they were not dunking, they were shooting from three. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that makes sense. And the, just to highlight the goodness that came out of the game, like Wade and LeBron basically almost remaking that poster that they had with the <laughs> Oh, yeah, that, that was a good shot. Yeah, that was, that was really good. Whoever the photographer is, good for them. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we forget about the people behind the scenes. But, yeah, that was, that was definitely a good uh, – just – like I said, like the fun and the chemistry and the competitiveness that came out of it. Now, it, it was weird to see like LeBron kind of, I guess he is still recovering. He just does not seem like as explosive as he usually is, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. He's definitely hanging back a little bit. He only had 19, 19 points, um, four assists, two blocks and eight rebounds, which is low for him. And like he said, also Curry didn't really make that on the other side of the court. Curry really wasn't um, inside of the game either. He only had 17 points. So it was definitely different. I think a lot of players that you would have thought would step up didn't. And um, a lot of players who you thought would lay back, you know, came out. So, <laughs> I mean, that's basically what you get for All-Star Weekend. <laughs> players that yeah. you don't know make a name for themselves. And players that you do know either play to expectation or they kind of just dwindle down but you know like you said LeBron James he is coming back from injury so we'll let him slide but if this continues then we need to start questioning how (laughs) how healthy and how well is LeBron James but that could be like a whole different show for us
done with mainstream media? Tired of the same clickbait articles forced into your social media feed? Do you want an organic sports consumption experience that can be tailored to your liking? Do you love West Coast sports? If you answered yes to any or all of these questions, then check out SportsAldente.com right now. SportsAldente.com is a West Coast player-centric media platform. The goal of the site is to feature the greatest players of the AFC and NFC West of the NFL, West Coast college football and the NFL draft, the Pacific Division of the NBA and professional wrestling. It is also fully dedicated to giving expert weekly and daily advice in the world of fantasy football. The goal is to analyze players, dissect style of play, and tell stories, not promote false narratives or mainstream clickbait. Sports Al Dente offers three different membership packages, monthly, yearly, or lifetime, that give you full access to great West Coast sports coverage, not only in online media, print, but also video and podcast formats. When you subscribe, make sure to use the promo code WCMB and get 10% off any membership. Head to SportsAldente.com today. Sports Al Dente is your recipe for West Coast sports. So with that being said, uh, now we're going to go into the second half of this podcast and many teams are coming into this last stretch looking to be better, specifically the Clippers, the Kings and the Lakers who are sitting in the 8th, ninth, and 10th seed respectively. Yeah, yeah. And so the Clippers are looking to stay in the playoff picture because they're on the 8th seed while the Kings and Lakers are trying to like kind of knock them down or at least go a little bit higher. Catch up. <laughs> exactly. So the Clippers, um, we can kind of talk about their schedule a little bit. Kind um, of have a tough, <laughs> tough, tough last 25 games. They have the Nuggets, Jazz, OKC, Boston, Portland, Bucks, Rockets, and Warriors. Not all in that order, of course, but they will have to play them at some point. And so they also have easy games, or what we call easy for teams that are not in the winning column, like the Cavaliers and the Knicks. So with this upcoming schedule change and the changes in the roster, who do you think has to kind of step up so the the Clippers can either stay in the eighth seed or move a little bit up? I think, honestly, everybody has to step up. <laughs> I mean, we're heading into the, the home stretch, and uh, according to ESPN, they have the 19th toughest remaining schedule, which is not too bad, and they gave them a 60% chance of getting into the playoffs, which is also not too bad. They have more than a 50% chance. So uh, definitely not so sitting... it's really up to them at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's really all in their hands. Now, it, it, it is kind of tough because they recently had, like, that big switch up where they, they lost Tobias Harris. They added a few people. They added um, Zubak and Shamet, right? Is that yes. correct? Yeah, Cam, so... Yeah. Samet, um, so they kind of have to make sure those guys like uh, mesh well immediately. They, they, it's all about right now. It's definitely all about practice. Whatever you're doing in practice is what's going to happen on the court because there's no other time to learn from your mistakes in game. You gotta learn and practice at this point. And uh, you know, players who are, who have already been there, who are established, Williams, Patrick Beverly, Gallinari. If if they can't lead, uh, there's they're not gonna make it. 
because they've been there already. They know the team. They know their coach. You know, they have the most experience uh, as far as they've, they've made it uh, more than 50% of the way through this season. And they were there. Most of them were there last season, I believe. So it's just kind of like if they don't if they don't kick it off now, like first game out, I don't know what their next game is, but it's really going to tell it all. So, no, yeah. So the Clippers, I think who they're going to play off. So they just finished beating the Suns before Arthur break. So I think that was kind of like a nice kind of way to set the momentum for them. Who they are playing next? They have the Grizzlies. They're playing the Grizzlies. See, so this game can either make them or break them because if they start losing to teams like the Grizzlies, I cannot see them keep going up, you know? And like you, like I agree with you as well, the changes in rosters have been made. So the Clippers have made trades and they're not the same team that started off the season in the top spots in the Western Conference. They are completely, not completely different, but they have lost valuable players. I mean, they lost um, Tobias Tobias Harris Harris was a core centerpiece for them. So. It really sucks going into uh, trying to get to playoffs and trying to figure out who's going to be your core centerpiece now. At least they had that to kind of lean on. Like, he wasn't always there, but at least for the most part, he was there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, Williams, uh, Lou Williams and Tobias Harris, they were really kind of vibing off of each other. And you can see that. And so now it's just like you took that away. So now Williams has to kind of, like, continue to play as he has. And he has. And now some other people, as you mentioned, have to stand up, have to step up. And that's like Gallinari and Beverly agree, totally agree with you on that. <laughs> but I think yeah. like regardless, the Clippers have to be focused in order to do that push. And knowing Doc Rivers and how he kind of, you know, has his team, they're going to be focused. And so if they do get into the playoffs, I think great, you know, it further validates the team, their front office, whatever they're doing over there. But if they don't, I don't think anybody's going to be kind of too upset <laughs> if the Clippers don't make it because you did take away some valuable pieces that they had before. And regardless, they're kind of already kind of set for the off season, you know, trying to get free agents and stuff. So if they right. don't win or if they don't go to the playoffs, excuse me, then it's not the worst thing in the world as maybe other teams like the Lakers and Mm -hmm. so the Clippers I think kind of that's they have kind of that I don't know how to say it they have that (laughs) to vibe off of so if if ESPN says they have a 60% shot it's really just in their court then it's up to them if they lose it's basically their fault (laughs) and they have I think the reason why they put them so high is because they have players with that potential to go to the playoffs but it's just kind of like are they going to get it together they're going to get it under wraps you know yeah no yeah potential is one thing consistency is another thing and with the movements that have been made hopefully and for the Clippers and their fan base it happens you know if they can go to the playoffs if not then I, I wouldn't put it past them Another team who kind of sits in this similar situation is the Kings. They're currently right. in the ninth seed, two games behind the eighth seed. So it's pretty close. So upcoming schedule, 
I don't know if you have any notes on how hard it is or where it's ranked, but oh, for yeah. the first four games <laughs> after All-Star break, they take on the Warriors, then the Thunder, then the Timberwolves, yeah. all at a weight, and then they come back home and play the Bucks. So that's yeah. a hell of a start. It's not looking too promising for them right after all. Now, All-Star Weekend obviously gives them like a little refresher, gives them a break. It gives them uh, almost a clean slate, really. But <laughs> those teams that are, are already basically set in in playoff r- in rankings, no matter what, it's going to be really hard for the Kings to actually try to push them over. Uh, yeah, ESPN had them as a 10% going to playoffs and it would be the first time since 2006 that they would make it I don't I just I'm sorry (laughs) I just don't think they're gonna do it this year (laughs) you're like let's add another year to that (laughs) yeah let's give it a little time um they do have good players you know there's they're just a very young team and I think they're they're starting to revamp properly like this is the closest they've been in a long time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. A long time. So, if anything, they have that to be proud of. Yeah, the Kings have turned into, a, like, a really tough team. And so, I didn't expect them to be this high beginning of the season anyways. So, I think that they have proved that they can at least keep things interesting. And so, we'll see how it goes for the rest of the season. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't be disappointed if they lose because looking at that schedule and all they have overcome as well, it's kind of like a no-brainer. But yeah. if if they were to make this push, if you know they really wanted to come out and focus and try their hardest, obviously Marvin Bagley the third, from what we saw in him from the Rising Stars game, if he's gonna be like a little bit more consistent, if they're gonna give him some more time, that he'd be great. But he healed mm-hmm. as well. He was in three-point contest um, over during all-star weekend so if he can continue that momentum as well you know that would be great there's just so many things off a checklist that you can check off and if one doesn't happen you're just not going to the playoffs and then um, maybe they did trade for Harrison Barnes so we'll see how that kind of digs into this rest of the season you know maybe he can be kind of like a leader to these younger players I don't know Barnes seems as a more quiet kind of type of player who's not very like maybe like a Rondo or a LeBron James who tells their players where to go and stuff. So maybe if he just plays well, they have a a chance. But, you know, we'll see. The Kings and surprisingly, right after the Kings, it's the Lakers. They're in the um, 10th seed, four games away from the playoffs. And they also have a tough schedule. Yep. <laughs> Do you know how what ESPN ranked them? Um, twenty six percent chance to make finals. Oh, that's to make finals. Um, I don't I don't have the oh. stat for playoffs in particular, but um, if it's twenty six percent chance to make finals, <laughs> yes. I mean, it's still it's still hard. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I was looking over it, and then I think they have four back to backs. And like some of are like in the back to back start, one is away, one is at home, one is at home, one is away. And it's just like, that's going to be crazy. What I do know is that they have the fourth toughest remaining schedule. So, uh, I mean, that knowing is the Clippers have the 19th and the Lakers have fourth, it's just kind of like, oh my gosh. Yeah, the, and their last five games, 
their next eight games are all teams ranked um, in the in the bottom eight, I believe. So that mm-hmm. may be a little easier maybe to get through. But the last five are OKC, Golden State, the Clippers, which is back-to-back game, and then Utah and Portland. Mm. So it's kind of like these next eight is like up and down, but the last five is like if they don't if they don't win those, <laughs> I mean that's it. So <laughs> when, yes, honestly, yeah. As a Lakers, I'm thinking I'm like, oh, he has so many games, and I'm like, well, I'm only if they win, I'm excited because if they're not winning, I'm like, I don't want to watch. <laughs> but yeah, no, they did make some trades like we talked about on the show, you know, trying to get ready for this kind of like this push and as we said before they traded Spee um, in exchange for Reggie Bullock and then they traded um, Zubak and Beasley for Mike Scala and so now what I think I want to see is kind of like these players that they traded for I want them kind of to like step up we we barely got a spark from them during the Celtics game that the Lakers won before all-star break and then after their loss to the Hawks, I was just like, where's everybody at? You know, where's the momentum? Hopefully the break kind of sparks their juices up again. And so I want to see if if the Lakers want to do a playoff push. Again, yeah. a lot of things on the checklist. Like, everybody has to be healthy. Like, one, Zoe is not even back yet. And I don't think he's been practicing. Yeah. So I don't know how long that being healthy for the Lakers is going to take. And also, you know... Brandon Ingram needs to be a little bit more consistent. He has been, but, you know, a little bit more. <laughs> so, you have to check that off the list. And James, and then there's LeBron James, who's kind of, like, lost his spark a little bit, you know, granted. He's been injured. He's really coming off of injury. And he needs to lead, you know, as the veteran, as the star he of the does. team. And um, I'm kind of still waiting for his, like, playoff mode mode to kick in in. yeah (laughs) Yeah. I mean I just got an alert on my phone that basically said you know he was responding saying you know this is this is playoff mode I I don't know what that is playoff mode should have been like you know 15 games ago (laughs) 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 Um, but like right now I I mean to put it in perspective though I think he said something like he's looking forward to the second half of the season um he said he is hello Yes. Oh, no, I can't hear you. Hello? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes. Now I can hear you. Okay. Yeah. So it's just, all right. So, yeah, like he said, he's looking forward to the second half of the season, looking forward to seeing what we, well, I guess Lakers, what we can do to get back in the playoff race. That's my only mindset. Cause that's the only thing that's going to happen in my mental space for these next two months. So pretty much on how I can get this team playing the type of what we're playing before my injury, which I think is kind of like what we all as Lakers fans wish that would happen. Will it happen? I just feel like it's too many things to check off a checklist. I'm, I'm, I yeah. thank him for his positivity, but <laughs> yeah. a lot of things have to go right just to make the playoffs. And uh, like you said, at this moment, I probably feel it's more between the Lakers. I mean, the Lakers, the Clippers and the Kings. Yeah, to get in, definitely. Yeah, it's more of a battle between them than the Lakers. The odds are against the Lakers. If if they manage to do this, God bless them, because that would be a miracle. <laughs> uh, if they but, manage, they deserve it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, but, you know, you're playing for the eighth seed. 
who are you gonna take on the Warriors? Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly, because we already know they're they're in a, in the poor sons. Oh man. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like I'm an optimist, but you know, I feel like let's see how their first game, which is tomorrow against the Rockets, kind of goes, and then we can come back to the topic if they lose horribly. I would just, you know, no chance for the Lakers. If there's a glimpse of hope, maybe. But I yeah. kind of doubt it just because of the way, you know, they've been injured this season, their lack of consistency. And just because the Clippers kind of already have a, a better chance with what they're given. Yeah, yeah that's true. Even, like, even the Kings. And what sucks is, because obviously LeBron is like my inspiration in life <laughs> but he has uh he's made 13 straight playoff appearances so this would be the first one that he would not appear in which is a little bit heartbreaking but it is the start of a new era and he's gonna have to really catch up and I, I think it if he doesn't step up it's definitely that it's going to be sad to watch. <laughs> so despite not <laughs> yeah, going no, to playoffs, we it's hate just to say this, sad. but yeah, I hate to say this, but I feel like LeBron James, you know, is getting old. And so hopefully, you know, it's just like, oh, it's just like this. It was just these two weeks, you know, of him getting back from injury, hopefully. But if not, then we're going to start to see a different kind of LeBron James playing and adjusting himself and his body to this game. So I just feel like, Again, Lakers have too many things to worry about. You know, add the extra outside noise from the media and from rumors and all this other stuff. And it's just very difficult. So I would give the Clippers a bigger chance. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So all things considered, the Clippers, Kings, and Lakers have a tough kind of final stretch for them. Clippers a little bit less. And now, so all we kind of have to do is just watch and see which team makes the eighth seed. And so I think that's it. (laughs) I think that's it too. Do you want to close it off? Yep. I'll go ahead and close it out. Okay. Alrighty guys. Well, thank you for joining us again on West Coast Mix and Bounce. We will be back in the next two weeks. And we'll have more updates on playoffs and see what happens. We hope you tune in again. I am your co-host, Bronna Marks. And I'm Leslie Grace. And we will catch you next time.